0: I keep thinking of Stephen First in Animal House, you know, the oh boy is this great thing, and um, oh boy is this great, that we get to sit here and talk about cars. And Oh boy is this
1: great!
0: The car doctor. There's a couple of rules about electricity, and one of them has to do with inducing water into an electrical motor. The water level in the evaporator, and every time he made a, a, a turn in the proper direction, the water sloshed over and filled the blower motor
2: Ah, thanks
0: Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor here at 855 560 9900. That's right, the Car Doctor 24 7 phone number. Hold the applause, folks. We're trying to get a show going here. 855 560 9900. Thank you. And as we kind of roll along and help you fix your broken car, whatever it might be, or your car question, and uh, maybe your question about self driving cars. Good Lord, we've gotten a bunch of them um uh, getting ready for the uh, Mr. Clark Howard interview in the next couple of weeks we've been talking about that if you've got a question for Mr. Clark Howard you can uh, send it along by all means and uh, we'll be glad to relay it to him. But you've definitely got some very good points, comments about no steering wheels in, in self-driving cars, and can a self-driving car, maybe I'll read some of these later, a self-driving car, someone wants to know, could a self-driving car tell the difference between a child running towards the road while chasing a ball compared to a dog running towards the road chasing a ball? Would it, would it see either one? Is there a height limitation on its ability to see? Uh, you know, very good questions. Uh, you know, things we don't think about. And, uh, you know, there's, there's so many daily, everyday scenarios of the what ifs and the woulda, coulda, shouldas. You know, it will be interesting. We had a... We'll talk about that later. Let's go, let's kick the garage doors open. I just had a great thought, but I don't want to I do not want to do it right now. Let's go over and talk to Roger in Texas, 06 Nissan Xterra. Let's pull one right out of the gate because the phones are backed up at 855-560-9900. Ronanian, you're on the phone. What's going on, Roger? How can I help?
1: Well, I've got this uh, 2006 Nissan Xterra, four-wheel drive, uh, 4.0 engine, and it constantly is getting hot. Okay. And I have replaced everything that is water related, and I I am so you know. Out there with what's going on to it, I don't understand
0: well let's let's talk a little bit so it overheats it overheats where by gauge or physical steam
1: uh, both so it, I can pull up I can pull up to a traffic light now I have a i watch my gauges I have a fluctuation on my oil um, oil gauge that goes starts to go down now my engine when that happens my water temperature gauge starts to go up I won't drive but maybe five minutes or so and then the it starts getting up it will get hot enough to kill my engine and I pull over and it will um I mean, you know, I gotta wait for it to cool off and then fill it up with water. My water's going somewhere other than overflowing.
0: So it's 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 physically losing and using water or coolant as you're saying.
1: As far as I can see, yes, because I've constantly have to put water in it
0: okay uh,
1: took it in uh the man told me that i had on the head gasket exhaust side it's probably where the water was going because i can't see any water
0: Water. right well you're not you're okay. not go, you're not going to roger so let me cut to the chase they they you're going to tell me they put head gaskets in it right yes they
1: and,
0: and then you're going to tell me that you're going to tell me you did a radiator a water pump and a thermostat yes, yes. did you uh, cha-
1: did you change absolutely. did
0: you change both thermostats both of them, um,
1: them. i
0: have
1: Put in a water temperature gauge.
0: Nope. Did you change? There are two thermostats in that engine, one in the front, one in the back.
1: One in the front, and one in the back.
0: Yes, Can we sir. Try that. Yeah. There are. See, verify that. I am. I am almost ninety percent certain there are two thermostats in that engine. Now. Now, my concern is that you're driving it. Let's. Let's just. Stop for a second. Let's say that that rear thermostat, if it's the engine I'm thinking of that that rear thermostat is is defective, not allowing proper circulation. If they did head gaskets and they didn't verify temperature and it still had a defective thermostat, it could have hurt the new head gaskets. Anything's possible until this vehicle is sorted out, you know anything is possible, but the issue becomes there's there's a twofold problem here. If you're physically putting coolant or water in and it's disappearing, then it's, it's either head gasket or, and I've, I've never seen this, it's usually the other way around, but by now the trans-fluid should be over full. I've seen problems with the radiator and the trans-cooler. Trans-cooler issues on this, sort of common. Um, radiator efficiency, very common, but you've done a radiator, and I think that eliminates the trans-cooler issue. Uh, I would be very careful and concerned, what's that rear thermostat's part in this, and how do we know that that head gasket has been properly repaired at this point? I would, I would dare say it would behoove the repair shop that did the head gaskets to do what we call a coolant combustion gas test, where they can actually – it's, it's kind of like a turkey baster plastic bulb type of tool – that a blue liquid goes in the bottom, it will inhale fumes at the radiator cap opening once the vehicle is warm and coolant circulating. If that coolant changes color from blue to green or blue to yellow, I forget exactly which way it goes, but if as it changes color, I think green is good and yellow is a indication of a, of a head gasket failure, combustion gas in the coolant. And if that's the case, then it's got to come back apart. Or at least it's got to be diagnosed further. The other way they could do that, obviously, is with a five-gas engine analyzer, but um, not everybody has one of those anymore. Um, But, you know, why did it fail head gaskets if it did? If it did, if it failed head gaskets, did it do that because they were improperly done or there's maybe a crack in a head or, or, or something else? Or is there a second thermostat in this? And I think there is. I believe there's a thermostat in the back of this motor. If I remember right, it's you know, it's eleven years ago, twelve years ago. But um, that can be defective and affect flow as well.
1: Yeah. Um, now, when I bought the truck, it it uh, had a say the bypass bypassing at the bottom of the radiator. From because of I guess the transmission running through there, they bypassed that. Okay. uh, For cooling the transmission, and when they put in the new radiator, and I've had to put in two different radiators. Right. And it still gets hot. And they said they, you know, they put in the water pump when they was putting it back together. Okay.
0: Ask him, ask him to ver- ask him to verify Roger not to not to, not to repeat it but ask them to verify if that has a second thermostat there something in my mind tells me stat in the front stat in the back not uncommon for both to be replaced for one or the other to be an issue and also then verify if you're losing coolant or water I don't care if the head gaskets were just done where's the water or coolant going? There's there's a leak in combustion. Take a look at engine oil. I'm betting you won't see it. I've also seen where it just it'll put water right in the cylinder and get pumped right back out, uh, right through the exhaust, and you'll never see it. It'll just it'll just evaporate as steam and come out the tailpipe um, in small amounts. But it just it just sounds like you've still got some form of a combustion gas leak going on possibly a head gasket you do that for me you do that get them to check that in the next week or two you call me back let me know what the result is and we can talk about it further but trust me there's an answer to this they just haven't looked hard enough and let's see if we can give them some help and move it along along the way in a positive manner
3: 855-560-9900 running the car doctor we are back right after this when the family car needs some fixing there's only two things that really matter getting the right part and getting some good advice it's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock pep boys has the right part right now the pep boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck better yet these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed it's always good to have options and know the pep boys pros have it covered either way
0: Welcome back. Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Remember, cardoctorshow.com doctor all the information you want there also podcasting and uh, send John out the spreaker and if you go out the spreaker or if you use a double pod app in your phone or whatever you're using in your device to podcast this show please click either subscribe or favorite or follow uh, whatever it might be and um, that way it, it automatically updates you it automatically updates the numbers on our podcast side and keeps the sponsors happy and keeps everybody rolling along and that's just important to us so we can be here each and every week let's get over and talk to Ken in uh, Kansas in, in, in Kansas Missouri Kansas City, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, I was going to say Kansas, Missouri doesn't sound right. So you got to be out there somewhere, Kansas
3: Ken. It. Yeah, you know I don't get out much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you know in New York we have Florida, New York. <laughs> well, that's true. We have Florida, New York. We go. also
0: we also have. Um, I can't say that on TV, on radio, wherever we are. Ken, hurry up, ask me your question so yeah. I can get out of this hole I'm in. What's going on, babe? Okay. Well, first of all, I'll tell you
4: what I enjoy your podcast. That's where I found out about you. They're great. They're really thank you, sir. A Gold mine, as far as I'm concerned. Thank you, sir. Um, I took my car in, and they told me that my left, and I just had these rear brakes changed 15,000 miles ago, okay. about a year and a half. And uh, they told me the left rear brake was uh, completely worn down, almost to nothing. So it would appear like, I assume the caliper is sticking. Is that what you would suspect?
0: Yeah, I would think either the, the caliper or is the, I think on an 03 element, the parking brake cable is part of the caliper, correct? Did they say that? No, it's. I looked that up, and it is actually. Or is it a separate those, shoe set up inside yeah. the rotor?
4: It's in the shoe inside the rotor. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so
4: but, um,
0: are, are they going to do anything for you?
4: Well, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, they. It was toward the end of the day, and he said all those people were, you know, gone. And so he said bring it back, and uh, and I, I told him I was really disappointed. That only brakes would only last fifteen thousand miles. My question is, from looking at how the assembly does, I had brakes apart before. There's been a you know, you you know, it's been a few years and I just don't have time to work on that stuff anymore as much as I enjoy it. Uh the um is it true that you can replace those brake pads without lubricating the caliber pins?
0: True by whose standard?
4: But <laughs> um... I, I take and from everything I've seen from looking at stuff, I could actually go in there Leave those caliber pins in. Never move them. They don't come out. In other words, when I when I take the caliber off, is that correct?
0: Um. Okay. Where are you going with this? Are you saying you think they did this? They didn't lube anything, or?
4: Yes, I think they. I, I'm, I'm. I'm. I would have to assume either that, or they used the wrong lube.
0: Well, either that, or is you know the question becomes that the caliper is stuck. It becomes a question of how did it stick? Did it fail hydraulically? Right. Is the piston stuck in the bore? that it's not retracting Correct. or is it is it as you say the caliper pin and the pad is stuck on the slide and that's and that's going to okay, be well, the key to how the failure occurred you know what what went okay. bad and then the other question i've got is so if it happened on the left side what does the right side look like
4: uh, light side looks fine.
0: Okay, but what does it look like in terms of lube? What does it look like in terms of... you, if you take oh, the, okay. If you take the wheel off the right side, you know, put it on a jack stand or a lift or whatever, grab the caliper. Sure. Can you rock the caliper and move it on its slides, move it on its pins, so to speak? If it's free and okay. loose and easy, okay. But if that's bone dry also, we lube caliper slides. You have to lube caliper slides. Uh, you know, and, and I, don't, okay. I don't I don't I don't understand this. you don't hear me say that often, Ken, but I don't understand this. new cars don't have the brakes lubricated. the slides are not lubricated from the factory on a lot of new cars. right And I inquired right. as to why. And the answer I got was GM, for example has has proven test results that a lubricant on the caliper slide, will when the car's in the paint booth when the car's being painted that chemical the the aromatic of it will affect the quality of the paint being applied to the vehicle so they leave it off and they leave them dry and I'm sitting there going but but <laughs> uh, you know that's one of those uh, 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 you know nay nay you know it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me I and I've seen that more than once so, you know, caliper slides got to get lubricated. There's nothing you can do for the internal of the piston. Uh, that just becomes, what kind of shape is it in? How many miles are on the car? Sure. Uh, about almost 200,000 now. O- original calipers?
4: I think so. My daughter, t- my son and my daughter had it, and they kept extract. I haven't been able to transpose their records into my computer yet, right. so I don't know for sure. I, no, I would suspect... Yeah, I suspect it would be the original caliber. How I would think so.
0: how, how long have you been going to these guys? Oh, you know, a uh,
4: couple of years. Okay. And uh, it's a dealer. I wish, you know, I wish I could find some independent thing here that I trusted, but I don't.
0: You know, my, my, my father's been dead 50 years. He was in the rug business. I tell this story all the time. There's only one chance to piss off a customer, and that's that's basically what it is. As graphic as that is, that's just the way it works. Um, I think if it were me and I want you coming back and I want, I want to be your guy, I can't give you the break job for, for free, um, but maybe I can cut you a deal. Maybe I can do 50% on labor, give you a little discount on parts, give you a warm fuzzy, make you feel better, and, you know, charge your regular boat on the, on the caliper. I'll, 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 I'll I'll make something there. I'm going to eat a little bit on this, but I'm going to get you to come back because I want to show you that I'm going to take care of you. You'd go for that, right?
1: Oh, absolutely!
4: Now, would you, wouldn't you think that? Uh, would you be disappointed if rear brakes came back to you 15,000 miles later? No oh, yeah. No matter how old the car is.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, now, yeah. in all fairness, I'll get a car in. I'll do a brake job on a car with 105,000 miles. Ken, I, I, we did your brakes. I looked at your brakes. It needs pads and rotors. The calipers test good. I can't find anything wrong with them. I am going to. I have this conversation all day long. I am going to lube the slides because Ron goes to the church and religion of CYA auto repair. You know, cover sure. cover your fill in the blank. And I can't swear twice in the same segment. So, you know, it's, it's, and then Ken can decide do I want to do calipers now or do I want to roll the dice? And then he's going to ask me, Ron, what's the longevity? And I'm going to go, you know, sometimes my answer is, listen, I don't think the replacement part I can find for your particular car is going to be any better than what's on there, so let's go with what's on there. It's working. Um, you know, there's, okay. there's two schools of thought. Again, it's how did it fail? Did it fail because the caliper slides are bone dry and the pad is rusted on the slide? Or did it fail because okay. it's, it's hydraulically, the piston is hydraulically locked in the caliper housing? And then right. and that, and
4: there's nothing they can do about that. There's nothing
0: yeah, they can do about that short that. of, you know, then the, yeah. then the only way they can prevent that is just normal brake fluid flushes. And then that's my next question. Has the brake fluid ever been flushed on this car?
4: Oh, yeah, I flush that every, I, I follow your rules. I Every 30,000 miles, the brake fluid uh, comes out, the antifreeze comes out. Yeah, if, I'm even wondering if I shouldn't change the uh, air compressor fluids you know I'm, I'm to that point. Right? Yeah, air I think maybe air my conditioning, air yeah I do, I, I do. What listen. I say, air compressor,
0: yeah, air conditioning, I, I'm sorry. I, I know well, what you mean. Yeah to, yeah, to listen, I, yeah. I do an evac and recover on household vehicles, uh, AC refrigerant every two years, if not sooner. Um, I think you got to go back and have a conversation with this guy. You're going to find out what he's made of. I think he's entitled okay. to charge you something on the job. It just depends on how the caliper failed and it also depends on what's he made of. I think this is the moment, this is that cup of coffee moment of how bad does he want to be your guy and how bad does he want to build that relationship and this is a key opportunity and chance for both of you to learn from it you let me know what happens, I'm Ron Anning the Car Doctor we are back right after this, take good care Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. five six zero nine nine zero zero. We're up and live and rolling along today. Let's get over and talk to Miguel in Springfield, Massachusetts. I believe it is ninety nine GMC Sonoma. Miguel, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help?
2: Yeah, hi. Uh, so I got myself in a bit of a pickle. All right. With my insurance and with my insurance company, I uh, I uh, have a hearing coming up, and I have to explain to them why I crashed into a building. Ouch!
0: <laughs> All right, brother. Let's see what we can do. How can I help?
2: So, basically, I was driving my dad's uh, old GMC Sonoma. It's a 99, and it was February. I was pulling into work, and as I was pulling in, the uh, the engine started to surge on its own, Um and what happened was, you know, I could control it with the brake, you know, as it's in drive, obviously, while the engine's surging, it's driving the wheels, making the, the, the vehicle lurch forward, right. uh, but it, w- it was easily controllable by just applying the brakes. You know, if I would have let off the brakes, it probably would have hit a top seat of, like, 10 miles an hour with the surge, but e- either way, it was easily controllable. I pull up to my parking spot, which is directly in front of the building where I work, and um, unfortunately, I guess I'm a victim of circumstance, I guess. The front wheels hit a patch of slush just at the beginning of the parking spot, causing the ABS to engage. And these older ABS systems, I guess, were pretty touchy. And even though I was standing on the brake, it just allowed the vehicle to continue rolling forward. And at that exact same moment, their vehicle started to surge. Because it's in drive, it's rear-wheel drive. The rear wheels were on some relatively clear pavement plenty of traction so it just pushed me right into the building
0: wow wow that's tough that's a tough and you know i was thinking as you were talking i'm saying springfield massachusetts in february this is not florida so it's not 90 degrees i'm saying when does ice come into this conversation because ice had to affect something here so you know if the conversation is what could cause intermittent high idle on one of these there's there's a i couple, figured it out though Go okay, ahead. what was it was it a collapsed pcb it's hose the, the,
2: well, so basically what happened was a vacuum line that went into the brake booster disengaged yeah. and allowed for a really massive vacuum leak, yep. and it just surged. It kept surging on yeah. its own.
0: Yeah, that's what happens. The rubber hoses on those, by now it's 20 years old, and they, they start to dry rot and they get rock hard. Uh, you know, there's issues with the PCV hose assembly. There's issues with the um, intake manifold elbow. There's a, There's a couple of elbows going up off the brake booster. They crack and split. So yeah, you're on target. Um, you know, you just—I would just tell you to take some pictures. If or did you have it fixed already, or can you document the repair going back to your repair shop?
2: Well, ultimately, that's what I'm going to have to do. But I wonder if I have a leg to stand on. And basically, you know, surcharges, what they are—they're going to—they're finding me responsible, and I have to plead my case, stating, "Hey, it was a malfunction of the vehicle; it was no fault of my own. It's victim of circumstance, I guess you could say." Um, I'm hoping I, I do do well, and 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 they kind yeah. of buy my story. But at the end of the day, they're not all like you and I that understand the whole the ins and outs of what's going on. I'm just i speaking to the average layman, I guess, about these uh, these mechanical issues that, that arise, and hopefully they understand. I just don't know if how what what's what's your opinion? What what, what would uh, aside from having a mechanic maybe write a letter and take some pictures? What, what do you recommend that I do? I'm wondering so if I you think- could
0: show some probable cause. You know, I'm wondering if you could show the potential that it's a common pattern failure, and you know, you could you know you could show them that yeah, it's not uncommon. The vehicle is 20 years old, and hopefully they're they're, cal- they're calculating the losses of these based on 20 years. I'm sure they're calculating your insurance based on the age of the vehicle. I'm wondering if you showed them a pattern failure where there are known vacuum leaks, rubber hoses, elbows, things like that that fail. I'm wondering if that would, you know, sway them one way or the other. I wonder if they would apply some practicality to that. So let's yeah. do let's do this. Take my email. Let me see if I can help you here, Miguel. Yeah, let
2: Take, me get under right with. Yeah, get
0: something. Get a get a you know crayon, pencil, pen, lipstick, whatever. Um, <laughs> this is the part where I fill the show with noise because I have learned on radio sound is very important. And you know, let's do uh, let's do Ron at CarDoctorShow.com. It's real easy. Okay. Just do, Ron, spell out car doctor, C-A-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-S-H-O-W. Yeah, that's right. I went to school. Did you go to school, stupid? Yeah, I came out the same way. Ron at cardoctorshow.com. And let me go into the database when I get a chance between now and Monday and see if I can print out, because I have seen cases of high idle situations. It, w- would that work if I could show you a pattern failure of a high idle condition? What could cause a high idle condition that perhaps maybe that's what they're looking for?
2: At this point, anything would help.
0: All right. Do that, and you send me an email, and sooner the better, and I will send you a PDF or two of pattern failures and explain to them what this is going to come out of. One of the databases we use at the shop is a product called Identifix. Identifix is a, well, I guess it's international, but I consider it national. It's a nationally recognized database for mechanics. It's kind of like a physician's PDR, uh, you know, physician desk reference. You know, okay. if, if the patient comes in and they're turning purple and blue and their left toe hurts, you can look it up and say, hey, what's common? What causes that? And, right. you know, that's what Identifix can do. It can, it can provide common pattern failures. It doesn't mean every time that's what's at fault. But on the weird ones, it gives you a direction. It, it gets you thinking like, hey, let me stop and consider this as a potential possible solution. So right. I, will, I will see what's in there. If I can come up with something with high idle, um, I know there's stuff in there they talk about because it's common to have PCV hose issues. It's common to have vacuum elbows coming off the intake plenum, which I believe actually lead to the brake booster, and maybe that's the piece that failed. And, you right. know, I, I could see it. I could see that truck okay. in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an icy condition, ice patch in the front, dry road in the back, um, you know, maybe well, it's probably too late. Well, it's obviously it's too late, but it would be it would have been nice if you had gotten a picture of the parking spot showing the ice under. You did perfect. Oh, I did, and I it, did. it it shows the ice under the front wheels and the dry dry wheels in the back. Oh yeah. All right. And then then the argument not the not the. Not, I'm the lawyer, brother. All right, but just trying to be logical yeah. about this. Then the argument becomes: Is it the fault of whoever manages the parking space that they allowed ice in the parking lot where proper ice melting procedures followed?
2: Right, good point. All right. Yeah.
0: Ron and uh, Matlock.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what, on a quick side note, I've driven a lot of different vehicles, old ones, new ones. It seems as though uh, anti-lock brake systems or traction control systems are much more far advanced and just do a lot better job of maintaining control under situations like this. This this being a 99, it, it blows me away how much uh, distance this truck travels when I'm standing on the brake in a slushy condition. I understand the whole idea behind analog brakes back in the day was to maintain control at high speeds. But when you're just traveling at five miles an hour coming up onto a stop sign, I've driven out into the middle of a road standing on the brake right. because it's, it's, it's a bit disconcerting. Is that normal for, for that vintage vehicle? They did. They, kind of listen, ABS? the
0: reason they improved ABS and traction control from what it was to what it is, in my opinion is because of conditions like that they're always trying to make it safer you know they don't add yeah. things they don't add things to car just for the sake of adding things to car they add things to car to make them safer obviously it costs more money and people spend more money but they're trying to keep us safe i'm not sure why but um, you know sometimes we need to thin out the herd a little bit but that's another story uh, you know it's just it really comes back to that yeah they've they've clearly made it better than what it was that it would actually cut power to the rear wheels, the drive wheels, and control it on a much higher level. Miguel, i got to go. The clock's going to grab me. I'm up against it. But uh, you send me that email, ron at cardoctorshow.com, and we'll kind of go from there. And uh, let me see what I can get out to you. I'm Ron Ananian,
3: 855-560-9900. We are back right after this. When the family car needs some fixing, there's only two things that really matter, getting the right part and getting some good advice. It's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options, and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way.
0: Back, Robin and Andy the Car Doctor 855-560-9900. Got Lucy the Wonder Dog in here in studio with me. This segment, Lucy, say something. There you go. So she uh, she knows everything about cars, folks. She's just trying to keep it a secret from me. So let's go over and talk to Miranda. This is sort of an interesting story. I don't know if this is so much a call as we wanted to ask Miranda a couple of questions. She is a new driver. Welcome to the roads, Miranda, and uh, welcome to the Car Doctor. Thanks for staying. T- st- thanks for getting in touch with us.
5: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: So, this is like a big deal. You're you're 16 years old and you've decided to get your driver's license. Yes. And, I was very excited. And you know, that's sort of not the trend today, right? I mean, other than dad's taxi service was coming to an end, what, you know, what prompted you to to do this? I mean, this has got to be a big deal. You you sounded as excited as I was when I got my license.
5: Well, I mean, in New York, you can um you can um, take your permit test when you turn 16, and then you can take driver's ed and go through the whole process to get your license by 16 and a half. And um, I knew that when I turned 16, I felt ready, and I'd been waiting for a while, watching my older brother learn to drive, and I just I felt, especially once my mom started working full-time and um, my dad obviously was working as well, um, I, it was definitely something that I felt I needed to, um, to start working towards so I could kind of be more independent and take care of myself. As my parents got busier and as I got busier, as a teenager, I felt it was very important. So um, I started taking driver's ed and I you know had my permit and I went ahead and took my road test yesterday and now I have my license.
0: Were you, ner- were you nervous? Of course.
5: Yeah, I was really nervous. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, did you, did you sleep the night before you took the test?
5: Honestly, not really. I was, like, up in the middle of the night. Oh, (laughs) my God, what if I fail? Um, (laughs) You know, my brother passed. How could this be? Exactly.
0: I I, I, I could hear all that in my head. I have a note in front of me that um, Cousin Brucey, Bruce Morrow, the great radio, uh, Bruce Morrow, uh, sent you a note. Dear Miranda, congratulations. Exhilaration, freedom, and most importantly, responsibility awaits you. You know, (laughs) it's not that a lot of kids aren't getting their license today, but enough kids aren't driving today that it's actually made a dent in specific things like tire sales. Tire companies are going out trying to educate youngsters about driving and what driving's about and how to pick tires and things like that. So you really are bucking the trend in a sense. Um, What do you think of that note from Cousin Bruce, the exhilaration, freedom, and responsibility? How do you take that?
5: Yeah, I actually looked at that, and I actually read it over two or three times. Um, I thought, first of all, I thought it was a very kind gesture, um, but I also agreed very much with, Um, all of that, Um, definitely it's very liberating and um, very. you have a lot of responsibility being um, a young driver out on the road. Um, So um, I thought it was very fitting how, yes, he mentioned the exhilaration and the freedom and all of that, but also the high amount of responsibility that comes with um, being a new driver, being a young driver, um, driving your parents' cars, all of that um, is very important.
0: Now, now you have to have a driver with you when you go out, correct? Uh, Not anymore. Oh, okay. So you're 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 off permit. You're 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 a driver. Yes. So where have you gone on your own so far?
5: So far, nowhere. <laughs> um, I was supposed to go this morning. I was supposed to drive myself um, somewhere, but then my dad wanted to go with me, which is fine. Not not because of the driving aspect, but we were just going to um, prior services, and he wanted to come along, which was fine. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah,
0: we'll take dad. Why not? He's been a sport.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It's why fun. not? <laughs> yeah. So um hopefully I mean maybe sometime this week I'll drive myself to work or something.
0: Um are you going to are you going to put the $5 in the glove compartment for emergencies?
5: Um probably. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's probably more like 20 bucks now. Yeah, so, definitely. You know definitely. And, and you know that gas emergency in that moment and uh, right. um you know it's a big deal. I, I remember when I first started driving my first car that I drove, that I and, and actually I'd been driving for I had been driving for a while underage because I, w- I worked on a farm and I was driving a dump truck from the age of 13. And then when I had to go for my permit, I was a little scared. I remember this and some friends at the time. She had a tw- she had a '64 Chevy Impala. So we're going back to the early '70s. She said, "Get in the car." And I drove a '64 Chevy Impala down Route 17 in Ramsey, New Jersey, which I think you know where that is. And it was just like. Oh my God! It's it's it, it. was just so big, and the road was so big, and you're just like floating along, and um, it's a big deal. It's it's. But trust me, sooner or later, it's going to get to feel normal, and you know you'll enjoy it for what it is. So uh, you know, just uh, be aware. But throw a couple of bucks in the glove compartment, and um, you know, ask Dad if he'll show you how to change a flat, or at least make sure you have AAA or something like that for the emergency that might come up.
5: Right, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, well, listen, good luck to you, and um, it's a pleasure to speak with someone, you know, young people that have got the responsibility and the drive in the chutzpah. And I think, I think you got all three, kiddo. So uh, you go Thank out you. and um, you, uh, you have a good time driving, and uh, we wish you a lot of success.
5: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're
0: very welcome. You take good care. Um, yeah, Tom, that's, uh, you know, look at that, right? A young driver, well on her way, and um, um, how cool is that? That's
3: just... I think that's excellent. Yeah, I we, really do. Because you and I were talking before... And it just seems that this is a Do it for a, me. A, it's a rite of passage that yeah. people are passing up, you know? It's, yeah, it's 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 a big deal, it really is. It, it is a
0: rite of passage. Um, so Miranda again, congratulations and uh, safe travels. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero, Ron Annie and the car doctor. We're back right after this. I want to talk. I like this song. Brought an in the car, doctor.
3: I wish you'd stop dancing around the studio.
0: This is the one that gets me, Tom. I burn, baby, burn. All right. By the way, where's Tony today? Oh, Tony had the weekend off this week.
3: Tony went to uh, see family down in Texas. That's right. Down there, looking for some more barbecue. Um, he's always eating. Well, uh, that that and uh, he sent. He posted a picture on Facebook the other day. It looks like the. Uh, the uh, king of the hill guys standing out there all they needed is uh, beer cans and a trash garbage bag of garbage and they would have been all set oh, well.
0: and safe travels to tony we miss you buddy um, come on home
3: uh, a couple of questions and i, w- I want to talk
0: about that this this i want to talk about this this hour this this hour Yeah, that's proper english i um, a couple couple questions for mr howard uh, regarding self-driving cars could a self-driving car understand the difference between a child losing control of a tricycle heading down a driveway compared to a person walking to the mailbox and you wonder, you know, will it see – so the, the kid's coming down the, – the child's coming down the driveway, and they lose control of the tricycle. A driver might be trained to cast their eye right and left and see that. Would a self-driving car see that? And I don't have that answer, and that's, again, good question. Second part of this was, could a self-driving car understand the difference between a child running toward the road while chasing a ball compared to a dog chasing a ball while running toward the road because a, a dog might be lower – all right. What's what's their line of sight? And how will they how will they define that? And then what if it's a small dog? What I mean, granted, people shouldn't be playing with dogs near the road. That's, you know, that's common sense, too. We're not trying to make this completely ridiculous. Um, On a side note, Michael continues, I'm a truck driver. The most recent batch of trucks we got have lane departure warning. Not only is it annoying, but I never realized how often I partially leave my lane or get very tight to the line for good reason. It seems that on a regular basis I have to dodge junk in the road, things like chunks of tire, wood, giant potholes, among all other kinds of things. So um, it makes some good points about self-driving cars and the technology. Till the next time, I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless.